Hello and welcome to the Mindful Coach Podcast. And I'm your host, Brett Hill. I'm a mindful somatic coach and founder of the Mindful Coach Association. I meet a lot of coaches working with the Mindful Coach Association. I'm so inspired by their stories and the courageous work that they're doing that I created this podcast so you can hear them too. If you're aligned with this work, then join us at themindfulcoachassociation.com where you can list your services for absolutely free and receive invitations to community meetings where you can network and meet your colleagues. We hope you'll join us. And now, The Mindful Coach Podcast. So welcome to The Mindful Coach Podcast. My name is Brett Hill. I'm your host, and I'm really excited to welcome to the show a special guest, Dr. Larissa Ciprina. Now, just listen to this and you'll understand why she was a a guest that I felt like I absolutely had to have on the show. She works at the intersection of language, culture, and self-development as a consultant and English as a second language cultural coach. She provides support to immigrants and expatriates by teaching them to use the English language mindfully and to pay attention to words and other aspects of the language. She's proficient in English, Russian, and Ukrainian. Larissa facilitates communication across cultures as an interpreter and a translator for government organizations, businesses, and provides strategic guidance on outreach to ethnic communities. Her passion is to create more welcoming communities and contribute to societal and personal well-being with her services and positive psychology approach and a mindful coaching method, which are in the foundation for coaching program English for Success and Happiness, which provides cultural and emotional support to English learners in the process of creating a new healthy identity that's aligned with their hopes and dreams. Wow, what a mission. That's amazing. Welcome, Larissa. It's so great to see you. Thank you for having me here. Oh, it's my privilege. So tell us a little bit about the work that you do, the community that you're involved with, like, you know, in your day-to-day work, what's the kind of thing that you're doing that involves, you know, mindfulness and your coaching? Yes, I have passion and commitment to helping people who, especially new arrivals or new to the United States, to the culture and language, with cultural and emotional support. 20 years of teaching experience and working with the English learners helped me to understand that it's not only grammar or vocabulary that is needed for learners to speak English confidently but more emotional and confidence and also uh, creating a new self-identity so that they can express Mm -hmm. themselves easily with dignity, with the Mm -hmm. realization of their value. Mm -hmm. So that's, yes. I love love the way you connect to Mm -hmm. dignity and value Mm -hmm. I guess, you know, when I met you and I heard about the work that you're doing and and I heard some of the stories you were telling, it just sort of touched me in a deep place because I just just sort of empathetically just imagined the, the challenge of moving to an entirely new country away from everything you've known and being in a foreign land with foreign customs and expectations and finding someone like you who can help them make that translation Literally, pardon the pun, but make that, you know, transformation that into a new culture in a way that helps them connect and stay connected to who they really are. 
oh, it just felt like such important and powerful work. So I'm, I'm grateful that you're doing that. So tell, tell me, what are the kinds of things that you find are the, are the most challenging for people that you engage? Like, what are the, the first things that you, you, you work on with them? For those for whom um, English is a new language completely, we can call them beginners or false beginners. Maybe they studied the English language, but have not used it in the new context. It is really a challenge for them to enroll in colleges or to find a place to study a language, how to connect, to find a job. And they might be very talented in the field that is very important for the economy of the United States. However, the lack of English skills, also the requirement of uh, nuances, cultural nuances, how to reach mm -hmm. out, how to present self. It is really a challenge even to those who speak English fluently. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it really is. That's so true. that is why my program is a combination of different approaches. First of all, to understand your own resources and to come to your realization of your own value. So you start, you start Yourself, with that. Like right. the, like, right. mm -hmm. Then I don't call them students. I call them participants because it, together we create a program based on their learning needs and inspirations and goals and like 10 classes of sessions. It's, I call it coaching co-creating together the program that can help them to build this confidence, knowledge, and skills to reach their goals. It can be just to be more independent in the community, to get a driving license, to talk to teachers of their children, to make new friends. And it is uh, like first level. To have a life, yes, right? Yes, all to the have things a life. That we, yeah, all the exactly. things that we take. To make an appointment with a doctor, to be um, present at the playground with their children, and to help children make connections and make friends. And uh, I have a very interesting exercise. It's starting with the poem, I am, where participants choose the words that describe them. And they are usually long-lasting qualities, the truth that does not disappear, whether they are in this country or before. This is the soft skills or qualities which are valued anywhere across languages and cultures. And when they come to this realization that they have this quality, they feel better about themselves even their posture changes and how they present themselves. And really, within five classes, sessions, they get a, a new job or promotion, better rates for themselves as they work in business. That's so beautiful. You're, I mean, there's the, the technical practice of how do I work in the culture? How do I live in the culture? But you're really starting at a level of identity, yes. like who am I yes. Yes. and what do I bring to the world? Hmm, yes, so and um, there is misunderstanding that if you come to another country, you need to have uh, to change completely your identity. And what I'm saying, no, you need to recognize your truth, but you can 
acquire some new skills and knowledge that can help you to express yourself in a new language, in a new cultural environment. So this mm, is number yes. one and the attitude mm -hmm. and it gives them confidence. Also, they believe in themselves. It's I can do. And after that, when also see that it's all doable steps to learn grammar, which is easy. Vocabulary, which they need according to their interests. It's also, it comes sort of interesting with the interesting exercises and we discuss topics that are of value to them, life relevant. So it is combination of attitude, knowledge and skills, but we start with attitude and self-realization, self-awareness, self-confidence, self-value, self-care. And uh, that's why it is called English for success and happiness, because satisfaction and joy of learning and also acceptance of self is very important. So how do you help them do that? How do you help them connect to who, I'm going to call it, using my language, connect to who they are? Yeah, first of all, this poem, also discussing their life and to say, oh, you have done this. It's amazing. Or also I have a questionnaire. What are you good at? Right? And when they describe what they did and what they're good at, it also helps them to build, like transfer these skills, but also confidence they can do into new sphere. So are mindfulness skills helpful in, your, in the work that you yes, do? Yes, definitely. So mindful about who you are, and what language you use, because language is our program, conscious and subconsciously. So language is very important, what we say to ourselves, but also what story we are telling. And we also have a um, first even lesson, what are you going to do? So it's not so much what you did, not to dwell much in the past, but to envision a beautiful future and how they can go there. I'm imagining that a lot of the people who find themselves in you know, an immigrant status um, have come through some pretty difficult times. And I'm wondering, you know, how does that play? Just the fact of having being in an entirely new culture is a huge, huge uh, challenge. And also, I'm imagining, and I don't know if this is so with your audience or your, your people, but uh, a lot of people aren't doing that because they felt like they needed to, but they had to. Like you mentioned, uh, Ukrainian was one of the languages that you work with. And as we all know, there's a gigantic tragedy unfolding there. How do you work with that aspect of it when you start to encounter people that they're just so overwhelmed with the circumstances that they can't really connect well to this bigger issue. Yes, it's a very good point and very important aspects of my work. Being an immigrant myself, I understand the challenges. I also have a family in Ukraine and I understand what they go through. And this is my another component of my education, educational psychology. That's why emotional support plays the major role. Before they can learn anything, 
they really need to come to peace of mind. Because when they're in anxiety state or in the fear mode or something of the universe is uh, getting them, they cannot learn. So that's why I have also breathing exercises. We have breaks for stretching and affirmations. I also do healing art, like envision something or draw ourselves how we want to be. So psychosomatic movements also help to calm down. So coming, I also have a table of um, map of consciousness showing that when our mind is in fear, it drains energy. But when we pass over demarcation line with courage, and they already here, they came to another country, they are learning another language, culture, they are trying themselves in different um, spheres, reaching out to people. It's already coming through on a higher level. And joy is the highest level of consciousness. So when they do something with joy, this is where energy comes from. So we learn how actually take a stand, a willingness, and we have choice as human beings. We were given this at birth. It's our right to make a choice, either to be in low levels of vibration or to choose this higher power and energy. And this is spiritual component is coming. And they understand this is clearly. So you can choose to be in darkness and fear or to choose love to li- for life, for your family, for nature you are in, for learning a new thing. And then this is natural energy flows. And when they are in joy, they learn better. So I have very carefully chosen texts, true stories about people who overcame some difficulties, but always happy ending. Also some philosophical reflection. So is it bad, good or bad? And so Chinese story about who knows whether it's good or bad, we will see. And it's always shows that what is done is for the better. So having hope and faith, and usually people who came to another country, most of the immigrants, whether refugees or immigrants or expatriates, they have this resilience component. And uh, mm-hmm. I added another aspects of resilience, joyful resilience. It's not just surviving but actually thriving. Mm -hmm. And that's why English for success and happiness. I see. Oh, so, so powerful. You help them calm down, like connect to the the higher power. And then when they do that, Mm -hmm. they're in a state where they can begin to connect to what they really are Mm -hmm. about and then they meet their world of challenges from that more resource mm-hmm. place, and life is better. Yes. And we're building together the road for success. 
And uh, now I give them tools how with uh, self you know, in emotional intelligence or self-regulation. Right? As soon as, soon as they find themselves in the fear mode or chattering, then they can come down with breathing and say no with the poem. I am powerful. I am smart. I am creative. And these qualities are always with them. Yeah, because like you said before, they, they have a lifetime of, of, of engagement and accomplishment and that they can connect to, and that becomes a, a resource for them in the moment. How was it that you wound up doing this work? You, you mentioned you have a history of being in, in an immigrant situation and understanding that in your own life. Is that what caused you to decide, I want to help people? Or how was it that you yourself turned to doing this in such a powerful way? You know, since childhood, I've been exposed to different cultures and languages. And somehow, since I was 10 years of age, I wanted to be a teacher and to help people to learn new things. Someday, when you were 10... How did that show up when you were 10? Like, how do you know you're, you're a 10-year-old, you're walking around going, I want to teach. Yes, uh, I was <laughs> teaching because I learned how to read and write at the age of three. Oh. And I was wow. surrounded by different cultures and uh, languages as well. I was born in Germany. My father was an interpreter. And my mother was from Ukraine. My father was from Russia. I see. So, so you have a multicultural influence, a really, really clever young girl in a multicultural context to begin with, your family, your, your, your parents already doing interpretive work. So it's sort of baked into your who you are in a way. So yeah. when I came to Ukraine at the age of six or seven, I started school in Ukraine. Ukrainian was um, not my first language then. But I studied it and it became part of my uh, linguistic background as well. In our um, neighborhood, we had little children and uh, I summoned them, helped them to learn how to read or write. I played school. You played school <laughs> yeah. with the children. Yeah. That's funny. And you're how old? At 10 or maybe. Uh, At 10, you're playing school yes. with the children. Hey, everybody, come over mm -hmm. Versus playing school. <laughs> I also so did um, events at the age of 10, also with my other friend, and uh, uh, to show a talent show. So the same children could dance or perform some arts. So it is combination of uh, artistic expression and a holistic approach to learning. So for me, learning is more important than teaching or studying. Because it is internalizing knowledge for self, making it customized, it making meaningful and with joy, always with joy. Whatever I did, it <laughs> brought me joy. And I did it because I enjoyed it. And so as you grew up, at some point you decided that this, did you just keep teaching or did you, what happened? You went to school and you said, I'm just yes, going to keep going this way? Yes, at the age of 15, it was just after I finished the mid middle school, I entered foreign language courses. It is three years courses, very rigorous. Even after them, I could teach English 
But after uh, these courses, I also had a high school diploma and was admitted to a master's degree program in teaching English as a foreign language and teaching literature. So foreign literature and uh, teaching languages. I also studied French and Latin and other languages, including Gothic old language to understand the dynamics, how languages evolve. That's why I can explain easily the spelling of the English language. I studied old and middle and modern English. That's why it also helps me. So I can read Shakespeare, but also Chaucer. Oh, nice. Very nice. I don't think a lot of people could do that. <laughs> a lot of regular, you know, native English speakers can do that. And so from there, you you had the, now you've got the academic background, this predisposition and the family experience. How did you make the step to deciding now you're going to coach? Now you're going to really step in and be a, an agent for helping people. So it was a long way to this state. First, I was a professor of English in military academy and medical school, and also the f first established business school. It was just after Perestroika, and there were no materials to support conversational language, language for negotiation. I went specifically to Moscow Institute of Diplomacy, it's called MGIMO, with, uh, for diplomats training and got training how to teach intensive English for business people. Several years after that, I started my, my own school. It was in Ukraine. And did you do that because you felt limited in what you were doing or it just seemed like there was an it opportunity? It was an opportunity, but also I saw more freedom in doing what I'm passionate about to make it more customized and uh, create the school I was dreaming about. And it was, again, combination of language and uh, educational tourism. Nice. So my students had an opportunity to travel to the country of language and uh, practice. Wow, well, that's a great way yeah. to learn. Yeah, absolutely. So we traveled to England and we uh, came to America as well. And then I got my Fulbright scholarship, fellowship. That's how I came to America. It was also my attitude, positive attitude. Three days before the deadline, I found out about oh, this program. And um, I had to bring um, three references and resume, which was completely new concept at that time. So somehow, yes. Out of 800 people, 25 people were selected to be in the program. And that's how I came to the University of Tennessee School of Business. And it was, the program was called Educational and um, Business Administration. And uh, when, after the first year, it was wonderful. It was mostly um, experiential learning, attending making presentations, co-teaching with other professors, taking classes that I needed or wanted. But um, when I applied, when I was admitted to a doctoral program at the same university a year after 
I was hired to help new coming Fulbright scholars. And this is where I was like cultural coordinator. Oh, and this is where I found out that how important it's not just academic knowledge, but understanding of the cultural requirements or somebody to talk to, somebody to have to belong. So that's why I was helping um, these new coming uh, fellows to get social security, get an apartment, also choose uh, subjects to present them to the professors who might be of interest to them. And all of them were so successful because of that. I can imagine you did a fabulous benefit and service for them. That's a fascinating story. And so from there, you, you now you have your own coaching mm-hmm. business and you're, and you're helping people mm-hmm. learn these magnificent skills. How can people who are interested in what you're doing find out more about you? It's mostly word of mouth. I wish I could do more about it. I took some classes in media and new methods of how to promote. I don't do much about it. It's challenging. It really is for many coaches out there. It's really that part of the business is really, really challenging. However, I have uh, my website and it's also my business can be found on Google My Business and Google Maps. And what's the name of your business? It's called ESL and Culture Coach. ESL and Culture Coach. Coach. So if people Google that, they'll find Larissa. Larissa Tupriya, yes. okay. And also on Yelp and uh, Google search. We'll also have uh, the the links to these in the show notes for the podcast and also on YouTube when we post the video. So you can look for it there as well. Yeah. And so that's, that's a, a way people can find you. Do you do uh, workshops or mm-hmm. one-on-one work? How, what, how do you engage the yeah, public? That's a good question. I did also podcasts and uh, workshops together with other coaches. They invited me and there were two very successful webinars. One of them speaking English with confidence, which had a lot of requests and um, comments. From this webcast, uh, people contacted me and then I usually work one-on-one because every program is very individualized. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. I would imagine Even family, so. husband and wife would have different perspectives and different paths. Right. So even within a family, they need different yes. things, even though they're yes. in the same family. Yes. That's a really high degree of customization. Yes. So that's, it's great that you're mm-hmm. doing that. And another podcast uh, webinar was English for Romantic Relationship. Oh, yes. nice. And that was how to express yourself, but romantically. And I was contacted by people from India who are here. <laughs> For them, it was difficult culturally. It kind of blows my mind that you even say that because I'm so, of, of course, because I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm born and bred in America. And so English is a statutory, but of course mm-hmm. that would be challenging. It's like, why didn't that ever occur to me? Wow. Wow. What a great service to provide for people. That's amazing. But to make it uh, affordable and also sustainable for me, I probably need to go more for group coaching, maybe do more 
online. Absolutely. You can also find her at the Mindful Coach Association, where she has a listing there in the mindfulcoachassociation.com. So if you're wondering where you can get all the, this contact info, you can look her up uh, on mindfulcoachassociation.com, and she'll have her contact information there. And you can also contact her directly from the website. So uh, I, I continue to be constantly inspired by the work that you're doing and touched by the degree to which you make it so real and personal for people and empower them to be their best selves in situations that would cause many people to just kind of grumble, you know, very challenging situations for people. And uh, I'm just inspired by the work that you do. And I know that our listeners are as well. So thank you. Just thank you, because I really uh, learned a lot from your program, Mindful Coaching Method. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so in full transparency, uh, Larissa was a, a, in the coaching program that I run called the Mindful Coach Method, where I teach coaches how to be more mindful and present in their interactions and also to use somatic mindful technique. And and so that's how I, I came to, to hear about her and her inspiring work. And uh, so that's a part of work that I do. This is about you uh, by all means, but thank you for saying that. I, it was, it was great having you in the class. You brought so much presence and, you know, I want to say a certain sort of seriousness to the work because the work that you're doing, it matters to people. It's so powerful to help people not just navigate the world by being better speakers, but to connect to who they are and speak from that place. That goes way beyond just language skills. That's that's like you say, that's spiritual work that transforms a person's life. So there aren't a lot of people who, who do that work. So I'm really grateful to have you on the show and to talk about that. Thank you. And I appreciate your method, holistic approach. And it's really everything is one. And there is connection between mind and body connection and connection to other people, to community and health of community affects the societal health. Yeah, this is the way we help everybody heal the world, right? By, you know, you, you help someone connect to who they really are, then they're empowered to help others and inspire others as well. Yes, mm. a mindful speaking, the choice of words, intonation, tone, uh, willingness, right, to connect on a more heart level. Mm -hmm. It really mm. makes a difference. And a mm. lot of my students become my friends, <laughs> or still in the circle in the community. Well, it's easy to see why. Mm -hmm. So I really, I, I really appreciate you coming on the show and talking about your powerful, important work. And people, you know, reach out and connect with her, and will, um, and and thank you once again for for being here. Thank you, and I appreciate your work as well. Very professional, also heartfelt, and uh, mm. well done. Thank you. Blessings to you. And that's a wrap for this edition of the Mindful Coach Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this presentation. And if you did, follow us and leave us a review. 
If you're a coach or helping professional that values mindfulness in your work, browse over to mindfulcoachassociation.com and create a free community profile describing your services so the world can find you. And you'll be invited to exclusive community meetings where you can meet your colleague. I'm your host, Brett Hill founder of the Mindful Coach Association, coach and coach trainer, teaching the Mindful Coach Method. You can find out more about me at themindfulcoach.com. Until next time, stay present.